Good morning and welcome to our service from the Burnham Benefits this morning, the 17th of January. Uh, this is a service of readings and reflections and prayers for the second Sunday of Epiphany. Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Lord be with you. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, <clears throat> and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ said, The first commandment is this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is the only Lord. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, Love your neighbour as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. On these two commandments, Hang all the law and the prophets. The grace of God has dawned upon the world through our Saviour Jesus Christ, who sacrificed himself for us to purify a people as his own. Let us therefore confess our sins in penitence and in faith, firmly resolve to keep God's commandments and to live in love and peace with all. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour, in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past, and grant that we may serve you in newness of life. To the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, 
who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in life eternal. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And we say together the Gloria. Glory to God in the highest, and peace to his people on earth. Lord God, Heavenly King, Almighty God and Father, we worship you, we give you thanks, we praise you for your glory. Lord Jesus Christ, only Son of the Father, Lord God, Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world. Have mercy on us. You are seated at the right hand of the Father. Receive our prayer. For you alone are the Holy One, you alone are the Lord, you alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father. Amen. And so the collect, which brings us together in prayer for the second Sunday of Epiphany. Almighty God, in Christ you make all things new. Transform the poverty of our nature by the riches of your grace. And in the renewal of our lives, make known your heavenly glory. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our first reading is from the first book of Samuel, chapter 3. The boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord under Eli. The word of the Lord was rare in those days. Visions were not widespread. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his room. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called, Samuel, Samuel, and he said, Here I am, and ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call you. Lie down again. So he went and lay down. The Lord called again, Samuel. Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call you, my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel again a third time. And he got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down. And if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood there, calling as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. Then the Lord said to Samuel, See, I am about to do something in Israel that will make both ears of everyone who hears it tingle. On that day, I will fulfill against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. 
for I have told him that I am about to punish his house forever, for the iniquity that he knew, because his sons were blaspheming God, and he did not restrain them. Therefore I swear to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be expiated by sacrifice or offering forever. Samuel lay there until morning. Then he opened the doors of the house of the Lord. Samuel was afraid to tell the vision to Eli. But Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son, he said, here I am. Eli said, what was it he told you? Do not hide it from me. May God do so to you and more also if you hide anything from me of all that he told you. So Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. Then he said, It is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. As Samuel grew up, the Lord was with him and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, knew that Samuel was a trustworthy prophet of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. A reading from the Revelation of John, chapter 5. I saw in the right hand of the one seated on the throne a scroll written on the inside and on the back, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or look into it. And I began to weep bitterly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it. Then one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. Then I saw between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders a lamb standing as if it had been slaughtered, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. He went and took the scroll from the right hand of the one who was seated on the throne. When he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell before the lamb each holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. They sing a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and open its seals, for you were slaughtered and by your blood you ransomed for God. The saints made from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests serving our God and they will reign on earth. This is the word of the Lord. Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. And our gospel is taken from the first chapter of John, beginning in verse 43. Uh, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, Follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. 
Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We found him, about whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus, son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. When Jesus saw Nathanael coming towards him, he said of him, Here is truly an Israelite, in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael asked him, Where did you come to know me? And Jesus answered, I saw you under the fig tree before Philip called you. Nathanael replied, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus answered, Do you believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Very truly I tell you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. This is the Gospel of Christ. May I speak in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In our Old Testament passage this morning, which Francis read to us, Samuel is described as a boy. Josephus, the historian, says that he was 12 years old. Eli, on the other hand, is old. We hear his eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see. It's significant, of course, that he cannot see, that he cannot see clearly, neither physically nor spiritually, contrasting with Samuel, who sees very well, and will in time do so in both senses. But just now, God is difficult to hear. Then the Lord called, Samuel, Samuel, and the boy ran to Eli, mistakenly thinking it was Eli who had called him. For a number of years I was a vocations officer for the Diocese of St Albans. I held meetings with people, old and young, who wanted to explore and try to understand whether God had spoken to them. My own experience, and nearly always theirs, was that like Samuel, God had been speaking to them for some time, but we, and I, and they, had perhaps failed to hear. We had attributed the words or directions to something or someone else, or, not infrequently, had some suspicions, but had deliberately ignored them. I want to suggest to you that such mistakes are commoner than we think. We all tend, as it were, to Samuel's rationality. Three times the Lord called him, and on each occasion he went to Eli, who twice saw dimly, before recognising what was happening. Only on the fourth calling does Samuel pay any attention. I want to say that Samuel was, in my view, very favoured. He was only twelve. And most of us require much more persistence from God before we stop to listen. I have a childhood memory, and it dates from and is associated with the house that I lived in only up until I was seven. I was learning at that time all I could from the Catholic missal that I had been given 
and I was sure that I wanted to be a priest. My mother, like all good Eli's, told me to lie down again. Not that I regret that at all. It's only when looking backwards that perhaps I can imagine that maybe God perhaps had been speaking. Why is it that God is so difficult to hear? To begin with, there are so many alternative explanations, especially as God's word often comes through other people. And we can always imagine that they may have had their own motives for telling us something. For example, if I suggest to someone that they ought to come to church, well, you can see that this would be easily dismissed as a communication of mine rather than a divine one. Samuel, we notice, was spoken to in the middle of the night. And I do not know about you, but I am very quick to discount the promptings of a disturbed sleep. And of course, on top of all this, is the ever-present question, why would God be speaking to us anyway? Our mistake is too often to set aside a time for God to speak to us. Not that I would discourage this in any way, but really... We need remember that God may use many avenues to talk to us. Words, music, people, nature, poetry, the Bible. There's a whole panoply of sensations which you may feel as coming from God. And that may happen at any time. Samuel was very young. But we can learn from his story. If you think that God may have spoken to you. If you think that you may have heard God's prompting, then I encourage you to think that you very probably have. Amen. We affirm our faith together in the words of the Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation he came down from heaven was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate, he suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again, in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. 
So let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you this day and we bring your church to you, your church in all the world. We pray for the church's leaders, for those who are guiding us and shepherding us through these difficult times. We pray for our bishops, Graham and Alan. We remember, Lord, too, to pray for Jonathan, whose farewell service, although interrupted, uh, will hopefully lead to a peaceful and relaxed retirement. Lord, we thank you for all who lead in this place. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, we bring uh, our country to you uh, at this time when there are so many decisions to be taken, when there are so many big projects, the rollout of the vaccine, the management of our hospitals, the care of our children, the looking after the lonely and the vulnerable. Lord, we cannot do this in our own strength. Lord, we cannot do this on our own. Lord, we pray that you will be with us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord of all, we bring the country of the United States uh, to you. We, we pray, Lord, for a peaceful transition. We pray for uh, a presidential inauguration that will not be marred by noise, dissent or worse, but will be the opening of a new door, a new period in that country's history. And Lord, we pray for everybody who lives there, particularly those we know who are anxious and worried and want to see things improve for everybody. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, we do pray for our villages and we pray for those who lead them. We pray for the parish councils who really under difficult circumstances meet to try to continue to uh, approve planning applications or at least review them to make sure that our services which we need are provided and who have the good and uh, well-being of their parishioners at heart. We ask you, Lord, to be with their meetings, to be with their deliberations. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Our Saviour Jesus Christ, we bring to you now all those we know who are ill and the very many who we don't know. We pray especially for the thousands who are in hospital suffering with coronavirus. We pray for those who tend and care for them. We ask you, Lord, that they may have your tender and your healing touch. We pray, Lord, for those we personally know who are ill. And in this benefice, we pray for many people who we have heard who have the virus. And we ask you, Lord, to be with them, to keep them safe, and to uh, make sure that the treatment they need, they receive. 
Among those who we pray for this morning are Malcolm Lever, Jill Smith, Jonathan Oldfield and John Crombie. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for those who we have spent our lives with, but who we no longer see. For those we love and who are at peace and at rest with you. We pray particularly this morning for the friends and family of Cathy Tagg, whose funeral will be tomorrow. We ask you, Lord, to walk with them, to lighten their steps. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of glory, you nourish us with your word, who is the bread of life. Fill us with your Holy Spirit, that through us the light of your glory may shine in all the world. And we ask this in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Now we join together in the prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive them that trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. May the peace of God which passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen.